Welcome to Beauty Uncut, the podcast. I'm Shania. I'm Kayla. And I'm Ian. And we're here to bring a new perspective to beauty. Today's podcast will be joined with Dr. Sharina all the way from the UK to talk about implementing and a few of the BTL devices. I'm actually super excited to talk to her because you guys went and watched her yesterday Mm. and then I went and watched her today at the silent disco and she was such a good speaker. You know how hard it is to please me with speaking. (laughs) Like I feel like if you can't engage me, then I'm obviously not going to listen to you. Then you're out. Can I just preface? There was a silent disco, but it was like in the (laughs) middle of a conference and we were all wearing headphones and she had a microphone. So it wasn't like a music disco. It wasn't an actual silent disco. She was was DJing. (laughs) No. She was speaking and we could hear it in the headphones because everything was so loud. Yeah, it was was really really cool. cool. Yeah, Yeah, that's like a really cool way to present. But yeah, as I said, very hard to please me in a presentation environment I know I'm probably saying that wrong like the only people that I like to listen to is like I think you're a really good speaker Ian she's a really good speaker that's all I can think of right <laughs> yeah. <now. laughs> but yeah I I just think she's so interesting so I yeah. can't wait to have her on the podcast me too yeah I think she'll have some interesting things to say I was chatting to her on the first night of the conference and she's just telling me a bit about what she went through setting up her practice and it sounds like she had a lot of challenges but she's really gotten through them and created something great and she's really smart yeah i'm so excited to just talk to her she seems like such a nice person yeah dr sharina is one of the top five uk doctors for dermal filler treatments and is also selected as one of the world's top 50 injectors by dr mauricio de mayo she places a strong focus on skin health and patients aesthetic well-being welcome sharina welcome welcome Thank you so much, everyone, for having me. Such an honor to be here. (laughs) Thanks for coming on to the podcast. We actually met Dr. Sharina only a couple nights ago, but we're super excited to have you on the podcast and talk about BTL devices and inflammaging. That's wonderful. I think it's such an exciting technology and treatments to introduce to our practice with all of the BTL portfolio. And you've selected a topic that's very close to my heart, which is the combination of inflammation and aging, which I called inflammaging. So no, I'm happy to share with you my experience in this topic. Yeah, I actually hadn't heard about it. Well, I mean, I've heard like about inflammation within the body, but I haven't mm-hmm. really heard too much about it. I don't think a lot of practitioners really talk about inflammaging when they treat. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to hear what it is, how we can treat it, how we can slow it down. Mm-hmm. And yeah, let's just pick your brain. Sure, <laughs> before, we, before we get into it, can we just hear a little bit about your background? Where is your clinic and, and how did you get started in practice? Absolutely, Dr. Ian. So a uh, bit about me. Yeah. So my background, I was born in Malaysia and to a family of doctors and nurses. And I guess that's where the DNA of my my essence comes from. Medicine has always been in our family. So for years, I guess, sitting in my parents' clinic and neurology, I've just learned how they embrace their patients in terms of treatments and, and I guess healing. We're treating patients with, well, I say we, I feel like I was part of that journey for yeah. the first 19 years of my life and existence. But watching how they treated patients with neurology symptoms or pain management, and trauma management, strokes, cerebral palsy. You're really treating <clears throat> patients' core yeah. at, their, at their degenerative diseases, I guess. Parkinson's, dementia, Alzheimer's. Wow. So these were things that I guess my father would see on a day-to-day basis. And you don't think about that when you're growing up. But I guess when you fast forward 
the many years of my life now <laughs> that I've been around, it all just kind of comes home yeah. and it makes sense. So I feel like the practice that I run today reflects on how I actually saw how my dad uh, ran his clinic many something years ago. Wow. So after that, I guess I fell in love with wanting to be a doctor. I left Malaysia when I was 19 to pursue a career in medicine and uh, never looked back since, really. I, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be a doctor, to be able to treat patients, to serve patients. And I've always been interested in skin. And I guess when you've had your own skin ailment when you were young in your childhood, you always feel very self-conscious about mm. it. So you feel very self-conscious. That leads to your own personal insecurities. And you always think, I wish I could just get rid of it and take it off and put some lovely, beautiful skin on it and, <laughs> and make myself feel great yeah. again. And, and I guess that comes from being a teenager mm. and we've all been there, done that, right? So you're trying your lotions and your potions and you would almost do anything to kind of make yourself feel normal again. Yeah. So when I think about how I practice now, and I'll, I'll fast forward into the future, mm. and I think about what I do now, not just in plastic and reconstructive surgery, where I started from, I think about where I am today, it's actually trying to make people feel normal again, whatever whatever that means. Yeah. Normalize them into society if they've got scars and if they've got things that people can see, but sometimes also just to almost normalize them back into their own lives right. in some sort of sense. So I went into plastic and reconstructive surgery, which I did for 12 years in the National Health Service. And it was just one of those specialities where you could treat top to toe, male to female, all ages, all skin types. And I covered all of the reconstructive specialities from head and neck, from hand trauma to breast oncology. But I settled on burns and reconstruction because you're really, really working in a multidisciplinary approach mm -hmm. with colleagues from physiotherapy, occupational health, diet and nutrition. And you're really working all in in tandem to restore the functional and aesthetic outcome in your patient. And I just love that. I also love the oncology side of things, which is actually cancer reconstruction, flap repairs, putting in grafts mm. on patients. I love the stitch work and, the, and the, the wound dressing that came from that. So I've always loved not the immediate treatment, but I've loved the aftercare and the right. follow through. Because that's really, really important to make sure that people are healing well mm. and also functioning well as long as they can, as the best as they can. And, and I guess fast forward another few years, I spent 12 years in the NHS doing that after graduation. And then one day I, I decided to take some time out and do some research. So this was 2004, so almost 20 years ago. Yeah. And I did my research in cancer biology and photodynamic therapy. And you learn about how light can be activated onto tissue to kill off cancer cells. And I thought, wow, you can actually be so selective with wavelengths of light to actually induce damage where you need to induce damage. Right but also upregulate healing responses in the skin. Yeah. So I've always been fascinated in the dynamic approach to healing in order to regenerate tissues to make people look and feel great. And is that where the, the fascination with inflammation came from? Was it back then or was it a little later on? I think you're absolutely right, yeah. Dr. Yen, because if you think about it, that was in 2004, which is mm -hmm. almost 20 years ago next year. And I've been very curious, curious and fascinated. So when I, when I finished my thesis and went back to the National Health Service and I continued operating, but I felt, is this it? Surely yeah. we can't just leave the tissue like this. Mm -hmm. If only we can introduce some components of the healing response. And I attended a lecture in 2004 on microneedling. Yeah. Microneedling and with Professor Tony Chu, and he introduced a lecture comparing uh, microneedling with the genuine derma roller when it was first mm -hmm. launched in 2007. And I thought, wow, what a simple tool like this to induce that wound healing response again that we're so familiar with yeah. in, in plastic surgery. Mm -hmm. 
just a simple mechanism like that can upregulate collagen and produce beautiful results. And, and he convinced me just by me being in the back of the room. And I thought there's something out there in a different world that I could be a part of, hopefully, to regenerate new tissue and give people better looking results. So I left the National Health Service. I came into this different world called aesthetic and regenerative medicine. I've been practicing it now for the last 12 years of my life, and I absolutely love it. So inflammaging, I talk about every day because it's in my DNA. So what exactly is inflammaging? Well, if you think about our skin, face, scalp and body's natural aging process, all of us are going to age over time. And uh, it's inevitable. Much okay. to our dismay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can, we can slow down the process of aging because when I think about aging, is, it's a loss of a number of things. It's a loss of collagen. It's a loss of elastin, hyaluronic acid, those proteins and sugars in the skin. Next thing we think about all those five layers. Let's just take the face because mm-hmm. we're, we're talking about the face. We've also got fat and soft tissue, but we now know from learning about the anatomy of the fat and the soft tissue that is divided in compartments. We didn't know that 20 years ago. We only learned that through dissection in 2007. Now we can learn so much more with the BTL technologies because now we're learning about muscle aging. So we've got electromyogram studies of muscles to actually say this ages faster and this is going to age a little bit slower. So this is very, very brand new evidence. And we've also learned about skeletal aging as well. So that's all fascinating to put together. So that's just a natural process of aging. And if we want to understand it more, it's very easy. Let's just have a look at our grandparents Mm. and our parents. So we have a 35% tendency of aging that way. So that is what we call the circle of life. Okay. But in terms of aging, we're actually lasting a little bit longer. So I want to talk about aging and longevity because I think that's really important because as humans, 50 years ago, we didn't last that long. Mm. So our lifespan was X, maybe mid to late 50s, etc., uh, a long time ago. But with the evolution of good health and the understanding of what we can do to improve our quality of lives, as well as with modern day medications, modern day science, we are actually evolving to last a little bit longer as well. So when I see my grandparents and, and when I see people nowadays, how long they last, People are lasting as long as their 90s plus. Mm. So let's look at aging. We know from CT, MRI scans, punch biopsy of tissues that we can actually start aging from 25 years old. Well, I'm sorry, got guys. Year less, Shania. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One more year to go. I'm sure However, started already. <laughs> no, she hasn't. Shania looks amazing. We all do. However, we can start aging, but that 25 to 35. So you've got another way to go. So, oh. But it's, it's that category because we weren't meant to last that long. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you were only meant to last till you're 50, then at least 25, you're halfway through. But let's just say now we're lasting till 100. So we're aging at 25 to 35. That's our peak. Mm. We've still got another 65 years to go. Yeah. So we don't want to spend that last 65 years either accelerating in our aging and not doing anything about it and addressing it. But also it's beyond just the aesthetic. It's also the functional deficit and the mobility deficit. And we don't want to have issues in our 60s and 70s because we've got to last another 25 years. So this is what I mean by aging and longevity. So I think it's very important now to talk about inflammation. But did yeah. that make sense? No, yeah. When I was listening to you speak today, I was like, oh, that's actually really interesting about like, you know, protecting your body or um, when you're using your MSCOP device. It's Absolutely. not just for the aesthetic appearance of that person but 
you know, their posture and all of that. Yeah, I mm. thought that was really interesting because I feel like when I talk about the devices, I talk about the aesthetic component only, mm. but it's more than just that. It is, but I, I do also think, yes, let's t- we're going to talk about the regenerative benefits for mm. longevity. However, as human beings, we love the aesthetic. Yes. And the aesthetic is absolutely necessary for us because guess what? We're all dressed up very well today, and as a result, we feel good. Yeah. I've got my lipstick on, I've got my, my mom's jewelry, and, and I'm, I'm aesthetically driven because it makes me feel a good. certain way. Yeah. And when I feel a certain way, I, I release a lot more energy, not just to the outside world, but also to myself. So I think I'm better functioning as a person. So the whole thing feeds full circle. I completely agree. I feel yeah. like we all feel that way. If we yeah. look, at, if we feel good, we look good. No, wait. We look, we look good. good. <laughs> we look good we you know what good. I'm saying. Yes. It's, it, it, it's infinite. Yes. If yeah. you look good, you feel well, good. Well, that's it. Both ways. It goes both ways. Yes. Both <laughs> ways. Because you, you release uh, positive energies. You leave dopamine. You release all the positive hormones back into yourself. So the way I see it is looking good is feeling good. And we need treatments and technologies and jewelry and friendships and love and joy and all of those things that come with it. And I want to fast forward now to a treatment like M-Face. And I'm just going to bring it there because when I think about how that I don't know if you've had the treatment. Have any of you had it? Oh, yeah. Oh, everybody's had it, but I am obsessed with looking at everyone's results. I'm going to have it, but (laughs) I'm obsessed with it, even though I haven't had it. So we we talk about aging being a loss of X, Y, Z, loss of collagen, elastin, the proteins in your skin, a loss of hyaluronic acid, the sugar in your skin, a loss of fat volume, which we see at a certain age, a loss of bone density. So we already know all that because science, anatomy, CT, MRIs have proven that. Aging actually is also a loss of energy. So what I mean by that is there is energy in the tissues, there's energy in the universe. So we have an energy called the mitochondria, and the mitochondria is the battery-performing cell of the body, okay? So that is your boom, that is your your powerhouse. It builds everything. It builds new cells. It builds new energy for us to repair, heal, go, all of those kind of things. So we lose that energy slowly beyond a certain time. Mm -hmm. And, and that's really important and you get that. So we need to have treatments, technologies, experiences to actually upregulate the amount of energy. We can use light therapeutics like LED to restore energy of the skin, to upregulate healing responses. So in terms of having treatments like M-Face, it is technically an energy device. It doesn't penetrate the skin. It doesn't disrupt the skin's barrier. You're not releasing any toxins. You're not releasing any impurities into the tissue. You're not leaving anything behind. And what you're really doing is upregulating and reharnessing what the body already has and making it function to full potential. Yeah, that's one of the things that I love the most about the M face is that you're not, as you say, introducing anything into the body. You're just using what's there mm. and letting your own body do the work. So. Upregulating yeah. oneself. Absolutely. So you're just using a device that's been created so beautifully by science and understanding of anatomy. And you're actually upregulating what our own bodies have just to perform in a peak power. So let's, do you want to talk about inflammation? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we talk now about the, the stresses of the body. Okay. So when I think about normal aging, 35% of how we're going to age is from our parents, right. our genes. You're all very beautiful, attractive people. We've got some good genes going on in this room. So let's think about the other 65% of how we're going to age. So that is everything once you walk out of this room. So you've got sunshine out there, UV, all around us all the time. So that's UVB. It's going to bounce off your skin, give you a brown color, 
and it's going to make us burn. So too much of that, we can accelerate in the aging. So especially for all the surfers out there, UV protection is key. But if you're sat in this room, or when I'm back in England surrounded by grey, it's mm-hmm. UVA all around us all the time. It comes through the glass, it goes through your clothes, and that can accelerate my aging if I don't protect in UV. So those kind of things can cause inflammation, okay, when we're excessively formed. Sugar and glycation, so those, those pack of sweets sometimes that we might eat from time and time again, they cause glycation in the skin and they cause decay in the teeth as well. So that's the form of inflammation. Dentists talk about decay and inflammation all the time. And we're used to seeing our dentists how many times a, a year? Every six months. Twice. Twice, okay. Should so it be more? <laughs> <laughs> Have we said the wrong I think the dentists out there will be going Mm-mm, three to four times a year. Oh, yes. okay. okay. But if you think about it, we are used to going to the dentist. Mm. Mom and dad have been teaching us to go to the dentist and to clean our teeth how many times a day? Twice. twice. Yeah, so we are cleaning our teeth well twice a day. But we've never been groomed from young to clean our faces twice a day. Mm. So we also talk about the cleaning of the skin. So I talk about skin hygiene all the time. Because once we go through puberty, sometimes when we go through menopause as well, we suddenly increase the amount of oil production in the skin. But we're not doing anything to clean the skin and to reduce the amount of oil production. So again, inflammation. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So again, that's not even sugar. That's just our natural body producing inflammation. Next, you've got things like stress. So I say good stress, bad stress. What's good stress? Good stress? (laughs) Work. Uh, this <laughs> yeah. is like not stressful, is it? <laughs> this, this is that's what I mean. This is yeah. good stress, mm. but yeah. good stress is also hey, we've got some deadlines. Yeah. We've got a mm. fast performing career. He's a high performing surgeon. I've got to get the result for my patient. So that's what I call good stress. We right. all need a little bit of stress in our lives to a peak level where it allows us to to be at our best. But if you have a negative stress, so if you have sick parents, sick children, someone has uh, gone through a grievance. Divorce, bereavement, that's what I call negative stress. It's painful. It, it burns and churns through our collagen and elastin. And, and it's there, it's sustained for a long time un, until you find yeah. peace yeah. in yourself. You're so going to age real quick. It's, it's <laughs> almost like when the way you describe it, it's like acute versus chronic, right? And so Bingo. that acute stress is required, yeah. like when you're working out. Could you explain muscles. what acute versus chronic is for those that would be okay, great. Me yeah. that don't really. So, know that. so the acute stress being something that that comes and goes quickly, right. whereas mm. the chronic is something, as you say, is sustained, sustained, over a long period of time. Okay. Correct. Yes. And so, let's just say tiger jumps in this room. We are going to go fast. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to run away from the tiger fast. Acute stress. Okay. So we call it the fight or flight mechanism. Yeah. Adrenaline goes up. Cortisol goes up, Shania is going to go fast. Okay? <laughs> so that's what we call acute stress. So it's an acute inflammatory response and it gets, gets us healed out of here very quickly. So let's just look at a microneedling treatment. You're going you're gonna to put a little bit of microneedling trauma onto the skin. We call that collagen induction therapy. But we're basically inducing a wound to the skin that sets off an inflammatory response. So that is inflammation. But we're inducing. Right. So mm. it's good inflammation. Good yeah. inflammation. <laughs> so that's what I mean by inflammation can be good. Yeah. So we're causing good inflammation. We just need to know when to do it. So yeah. we need to prepare our patients. We need them to be hydrated. We need them to have a good skin barrier before we do these things. So like you're a great candidate. You don't need anything, Shania. You're beautiful. <laughs> but, oh, I but, do everything. <laughs> but, but that's good inflammation. Yeah. So we know, Dr. Ian and I know the graph mm. of wound healing. 
that she's going to go through an inflammatory phase, a proliferative phase in order to get the collagen and the fibroblast going. And then she's going to go through a remodeling phase over time to get the benefits of that inflammatory process. And, and that's good inflammation. However, let's just say she didn't heal fast. Then you have a chronic inflammation, chronic stress, chronic sugar consumption, chronic alcoholism, things like that are just chronic. So that's where that stress has just gone on for far too long. And the body is just continuously trying to heal and heal and heal. And guess what happens after that? Tell us. You age. You <laughs> age. You have a deterioration in function. Yeah. So let's go back to the dentist and the teeth, right? So let's just say little Sharina didn't clean her teeth twice a day yeah. and just had those pack of sweets every day or a sugar cube or a chocolate bar. What's going to happen to my teeth? You get holes. Okay. I'll get holes. And what happens to my gums? Recede. They recede. And they recede because? No idea. They're inflammation. Oh. <laughs> they recede yeah. because they're inflammation. Right. So guess what? They're going to age because They're meant to be lasting my yeah. lifespan. Yeah. They're meant to be lasting because they're grilled to my bones, right? So God has given us these teeth and he said, I'm going to drill it to your bones so they don't get anywhere. But if I miss, if I don't respect that and I do something too much, they're going to erode away. Mm -hmm. So your gums start inflammation. They go red. They get painful. They get sensitive. And then they start receding. So receding is all about contraction. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So take that analogy now and apply it to the skin. If I just keep microneedling Persianai and peeling her and over-processing her with the wrong products as yeah. well, because she doesn't need all of that, then I'm over-processing her and I'm going to cause a far too much negative inflammation. She just needs a little bit of the good stuff, but she doesn't need a chronic in inflammation. And guess what happens? She goes into a state where... I'm going to be stripping off too much skin, causing too much inflammation. Mm. She's going to get red like the gums. She's going to disrupt her skin barrier like the gums. She's going to start getting sensitive and sensitized, which is what most of my patients get when they present to me for the first time. And then I ask them, do you feel itchy? And they say, yes, I'm starting to feel itchy. Do you feel dry and dehydrated? Yes, because we've got too much transepidermal water loss. We're losing water through the skin. And this can happen when we're older anyway, because we just lose it. But it can happen younger if we have bad behavioral habits or if we're actually being overprocessed with the wrong treatment and the wrong topicals at the wrong time. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like the teeth analogy, however, happening to the skin. And then we get contractions. So the skin gets scarred and then we have sensitivity and then we get accelerated rosacea and inflammation. So the skin then becomes inflammaging. That makes sense? Yeah, that does. I was just going to ask a question. What about if, like, for example, her skin, or I'm just going to say you should not. Of course, you should not. Thanks, guys. Yes. You know, like, she's got a healthy barrier. We do microneedling, but she just eats junk food. She drinks every night, which is so up. She doesn't drink at all. She but, doesn't. Know, she's a smoker, tell. all of that. Mm -hmm. Can that cause, like, can that have an inflammation effect on the skin, even though her skin barrier is healthy, but mm. internally she's not doing the correct things. The correct things. I mean, I think the beautiful thing about the human body, it has a, a insanely capable way of healing. So when we are younger, the healing response is at their finest and at their highest, the younger we are, and also at the healthiest. You look fit well, you exercise. So the healthier you are, the better that you're going to heal and recover. And that happens well when we're younger. Those processes, like the mitochondria, they slow down from 25 to 35. And if we have bad behavioral habits when we're younger, that's one thing. But if they sustain 
into their 35s. And then when they sustain from 35 to 45, that's when females more than men, we see a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we need to really think about condensing down our bad behavioral <laughs> habits before we get to 35 so we've got another 10 years well, to go again we need to be stress. Stress. we need to be mindful of yes. what we're doing yeah. so sun sleep sugar stress hormonal for example respecting the oiliness in our mm. t-zones and our skin and i talk about skin hygiene a lot i talk about the skin microbiome we're, we're talking about the gut microbiome mm. already so we're learning so much more about the inflammation of the gut and we're also learning about the inflammation of the brain. So we don't want to create too much inflammation of the brain because that's we're going to constrict that and that's also going to be slow to heal. So lots, lots to think about inflammation of aging. Yeah. Is there anything we can do to prevent inflammation? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So we, we want a small amount of good inflammation. So I think it's very important to build up the immunity of ourselves. So also post-COVID, that's also really, really important as well because we don't know what's going to come later on down the line. We've already touched wood. I don't want to wish that upon us. <laughs> but we went through something pretty serious in 2000. So we need to protect ourselves as a human species, build up our immune resilience with the right vitamin D. That's a great supplement in its own right. So I spend the first 15 minutes of my day where I can, not wearing any SPF so I can get that vitamin D on board because I'm darker skin type and I don't pick up that vitamin D. So I actually had my vitamin D levels tested very recently in Malaysia and I'm low. So I'm mm. supplementing myself with vitamin D just to build up my immune mm. resilience. Because you live in the UK. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with the UK. But you're absolutely right, Dr. Yuan. We don't see the sunlight mm. as much. But the next thing I also think about is where do we host the most immune cells? In our lymphatic circulation. So if our lymphatics are stagnant because we're just spending all day on our computers bent in this position where we don't have peripheral circulation moving up and down and we don't exercise, and we're drinking, and we're smoking, and we're eating <laughs> the wrong things, and yeah. we're not mobilizing. We're doing okay. Even if you're slim, that's when your immune cells decline in function as well. We get sluggish. So we do a lot of lymphatic drainage in the treatments that I have in the clinic. Right. So we do lymphatic drainage uh, treatments on the skin and the face, and you can just see the oxygenation just come to light in our patients' faces. It looks more radiant, it looks more glowy, it looks more healthy. And for our skin, who's, who's red and inflamed, you see the healing work a lot faster. We also have one of the BTL lymphostim trousers. Wait, what's that? Oh, well, we don't have we that. We don't have that. You don't? No. no. What is it? Okay, so Unless this is a shout out to the team at BTL. <laughs> <laughs> this is a shout out to the team at BTL. You need to show these guys the BTL <laughs> lymphostim trousers. So this belongs to the physiotherapy arm of the BTL company. Oh, they've only just started getting into physiotherapy here. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yes. So this is the 30-year legacy of BTL. They come from the world of physiotherapy. Yeah. This is what they have created. So after the lockdown, and, and I felt I needed some shift of energy, and I understood then that we, we will hold a lot of immune cells in our lymphatics. So these are a pair of lymphatic compression trousers. You literally slide into them, you zip yourself up, and they manually compress. The, oh, that's the, so cool. <laughs> that's, that's great. It feels, yeah. it feels lovely. And mm. it just pushes the tissue fluid from your toes mm. right back up and squeezes your way. So it plums it all back into the main circulation. Mm. Yeah. And so guess what happens? You flush it away and you get rid of all the negative toxins. Nice. So I, I, I have two of those in my clinic. So we incorporate lymphatic trousers in all of our high-tech facial treatments for our patients wow. oh. so that they actually have better immune function so that their skin can also 
improve even more because we're also lymphatically draining the right. face. We so do a we, lot of lymphatic too. Mm. You do that. So we fe- effectively, we're squeezing yeah. the patient mm. from top to toe and all of them feel lighter when they finish and they have a really good night's sleep when they go home. I feel like Ian's brain's like, okay, I need so to make yeah. notes to B- go BTL, and buy this. We need, we need the trousers. <laughs> you need the trousers, but it's important now. Yes. So now we're understanding a lot more. Yeah. So number one, it feels great. The patients love it. So I invest in all of these technologies for myself because I, I now know what my body needs. So what we were talking about, inflammation and aging. So that's another form of building up resilience in the body. And then we've also got immune cells in in our bones and our joints and so much more. So I think the more that we can move, movement is medicine. And yeah. you look incredibly healthy. I'm sure you work out very, very often, don't you? <laughs> Not often enough. But. Not often enough. So your standards are high. Here, but, yeah. but you know how you feel when you finish yeah. working out. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes. What is your thought of inflammation and aging? I mean, people think of aging now as a disease. I think there's a lot of doctors looking at aging as a disease caused by inflammation. And I think the term inflammaging is starting to become a little bit more mainstream mm. whereas before like you guys were saying you hadn't really heard of it before but it's it's been talked about a lot now especially mm. by integrative health practitioners Correct. yes and i think when they take a, a holistic approach mm. at treatment they want to be treating the inflammation first before doing anything else that's what we do and i'm thinking that the the same i've sort of adopted that approach where i want to get the body to a point where that chronic inflammation is not causing damage anymore Mm. and then anything we do cosmetically or any aesthetic treatments are actually going to be more effective 100 percent, absolutely so we have a lot of patients and i echo your sentiment Mm. exactly they come in for example wanting m face yeah right they come in wanting m face and they will benefit from it but then you do a great consultation and we also have digital imaging in our clinic so we've always had that with a a canfield visier system Mm. so that looks at the surface of your skin and then it looks at two millimeters subsurface. So it can pick out the pigment, it can pick up the porphyrins, which are the friendly bacteria under your skin, and it also picks up vascular changes. And in most of my patients, red, okay? So if we've got a redness or itchiness, sensitization that disrupted skin barrier, you can't actually, sh- you shouldn't put an M-face applicator onto that sort of skin. You're going to heat that skin. You're going to create more vasodilatation. You're going to create more sensitization. So what we need to do is say no to the patient. We're going to heal your skin. We're going to hydrate your skin. We're going to restore your skin, repair it, and then treat the inflammation and then treat you. And they get a better response. Exactly what you said, Dr. Ian. They do. And and the hard part is for some patients who might be first-time patients to your clinic, wanting a treatment they've they've come in expecting a treatment correct and they're not ready for it as you say you need to start with other things some of them might be resistant to that and go elsewhere and and get what they want Mm. but they won't get as good a result correct and the patients that do listen and go through the process with you obviously they're going to get an amazing result and hopefully go out and tell everyone yes they'll go out and tell everyone Mm. but they don't even need to tell everyone you can just see it all over their face they can see it they can feel it and people can see it as Mm. well and we've recently treated my gorgeous next door neighbor who's 86. Yeah. And and we've, we've only worked on him for two and a half weeks yeah. with hydration, with healing, with ceramides, with new things that we have in the practice, with LED light. And his skin is completely transformed. Wow. Everybody's talking about it. But the main thing is he can feel it. Yeah. And, and what we've treated is his inflammaging. Right. He's 86, so he's been around a long time, but he's super healthy. So he walks out in the sun every single day. So you can imagine his skin has been succumbed to UV damage yeah. uh, over those 86 years. However, I have shown that we are reversing his inflammation and reversing his 
aging, and we're going to be studying him as a case study for an 86-year-old. So we'll be doing some imaging studies. We already started that process. We're putting him on a new topical, Mm. and he doesn't know this yet, but I'm going to be M-facing him in a few (laughs) weeks. I was going to say, I reckon he'd get a great result with (laughs) M-face. I'll show you his pictures after this because I truly believe that if you manage the inflammation exactly what you said, Dr. Ian, that is the first step on the prevention of disease. Yeah. With the M-Face, why do you use that um, device for inflammation? Oh, that's a great question. So as Dr. Ian was saying, topical therapy, I use a lot of topical skincare, and I think it's because what you have in M-Face is you actually have two treatments in one because you have two technologies in one. So the drivers behind M-Face are two. Number one, it's this high-intensity focus electrical stimulation. And Shania, it targets the muscles and it causes them to contract, okay? So when we think about aging, we all want to lift. So that's essentially what it's trying to do. Well, that is essentially what it is doing. Mm. It's lifting the brow, it's lifting the cheek elevators, it's lifting the corner of the lip, and it's lifting the jawline. Tick, 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 tick. So so the patient's happy. It's restoring what we call the triangle of youth, okay? So whilst the muscle stimulation may not be directly managing inflammation, when patients feel the stimulation, it's going up. And there is a funny psychology that happens when you have the treatment, feeling your face go up. It makes people feel really great. You've all felt it. I can vouch for that. Yeah. 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 So I think when people feel good against it's the happy hormones and it's the dopamine, that in itself reduces inflammation. I genuinely believe that. Mm. The second component is the radio frequency. So what we call the synchronized radio frequency coming through, and that is the warmth, that is the heat. The reason that it's there is to drive <clears throat> into the what we call the connective tissue to pick up the face and literally mm. bootstrap it back into your, your skull. Yeah. That's how I look at it. <laughs> but... <clears throat> Excuse me, but also just to heat up the tissues. So by heating up the muscle, you're improving the microcirculation to the muscle. And by default, you're also improving the amount of muscle that you're making over a period of time. So you're building muscle density, you're building the amount of muscle fibers, you're improving the, the micronutrients that are supplied to the muscle so that it's going to continue to grow and grow. The other thing that it's doing is it's supplying the skin. So if you have a skin that is needing growth of collagen and elastin, then this is heat. So you're producing a smaller degree of inflammation on the skin, taking it away, but just the right amount that's going to allow it to grow. Beautiful science. So we've spoken about inflammation on the face. What about inflammation on the body? Like what can we do to improve the appearance of that? Exercise. Get moving. That's that's the <laughs> that was <laughs> an easier answer than that. <laughs> Again, we've covered yes. it, right? Yes. Sun, sugar, sleep, stress, positive stress, negative stress, hormones, yeah. menopause, too much cortisol on board, medications, sedentariness, mm. all those it's actually all of those day-to-day things that we do on a daily basis in little micro doses, but it's only when things become chronic. Yeah. So I think it's the chronicity of some of the things that we do in our daily lives that we just need to be a little bit more mindful of and actually just taking one snackable thing like my personal trainer Michelle she talks about a snackable workout and she says Sharina those days where you used to go to the gym for one one and a half hours and Mm. used to go to the gym used to check in your bag used to faff around there and then you go to the gym and we spend one hour and what are you doing in that hour so the amount of time on the machines and then you're walking from time to Mm. time. And if you shrink it all down, you should be able to condense that one hour or half an hour on either side to change into a 30-minute snackable workout. 
or even yeah. 20 minutes. I like that. And she was <laughs> absolutely right. So this is a shout out to my trainer, Michelle Coates. <laughs> Thank you, Michelle Coates. <laughs> but she taught me something new. So we, instead of me doing as much cardio then, I now do functional training in the last two and a half years. Yeah. So functional training in terms of building my core, building my muscles in a stronger way. And what I felt in the last two years is I'm, I'm so much tighter I'm less, I don't want to say this word, less loose. Yes. Yeah. But I just feel like I'm much more attached. I know that sounds like a bizarre thing mm. to say. <laughs> and that's because you're working on your core functional strength. So I think movement is medicine for sure. And snackable workouts are really the, the way to approach, especially when you're running a busy yeah. life and a busy practice. Well, I, I like that idea a lot because I used to, when I was younger, go to the gym for an hour, <laughs> hour and a half and, <laughs> we and all do did. the big workouts. And then I would get to the point where I'm, I'm busy enough in my life that I would say, oh, no, I don't have that hour and a half to do. So I would just skip the day. And, it's, and then too. I ended up skipping more Lots. and more workouts. And then I thought, all right, what if I just do a little bit, 20 minutes, 30 minutes? It's manageable. It's better than skipping. Yeah. I was the same. I used I to remember I used to work yeah. out morning and night. Yeah. Mm, now I haven't too. worked out in over a year. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this is what I found. So this is it. We're all mm. saying the same thing. Yeah. We all went through the same growing up, driving to the gym, parking up, going to the yeah. car park, getting your gym bag out, going to the, yeah. the, 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 the check-in <clears> dressing room. And then you, you go to the gym and then you go to the sauna. And then you, so you spent three hours of your life. Yeah. But I used to love it. That, that was just part of habitual. But I can't justify that time anymore. And yeah. In my practice now, I've been there for five, well, eight years now, yeah. three years of lockdown. And, and after a while, you realize you're not doing those same things anymore and your body's changing all mm. at the same time. I'm not, I'm not a 21-year-old or 26-year-old. <laughs> Everything is suddenly changing very, very quickly. Yeah. And I want to invest in my 40s for my 50s. I want to invest or I need to invest in my 50s for my 60s. And that's really important because as we go through the decades of life as a woman, we actually accelerate in our aging faster than gentlemen. Sorry, mm. ladies. <laughs> cool. <laughs> within yeah. reason. Within yeah. reason. Yeah. So we age a decade sooner because we've got a biological clock. We've got those hormones in our ovaries. But the other thing to think about is all of us, men and women, we will go through another period of acceleration in our aging in our 60s. And I say that my father's a neurologist, so he sees a lot of patients over the last 62 years. Mm. And he says something will happen when you're about 65 and you'll suddenly accelerate. So do whatever you need to do. Get it done now, he always yeah. says, yeah. before you're 50, 55 or before you have your menopause, etc. And just bring it all in because you can invest in your 60s and 70s yeah. at this age group. Lots to think about. Yes. 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 I'm snackable. thinking about a snackable workout. I'm like, yeah. snackable <laughs> workout. You're going to probably make me start working out again. Because like, you said snack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's little things. So when I train with Michelle now, it'll be things like planks, lateral planks, mm. a wood chop. I love a good wood chop. I love a good Arnie press. And I'm actually using functional weights. So I use a body weight is great, even yeah. if you don't have anything. So I think those kind of workouts are, are certainly here to stay. And I've, I've changed the way that I work out right now. I can certainly do a lot more. I think that's a lot to be said with nutrition. Yeah. I can eat so much better. Mm. And, and that's a route that we're going to take down also in my practice to collaborate with the right nutritionist that can advise my patients in the right manner. Nothing too extreme, mm. but just to make minor snackable changes yeah. to, I don't, like, I don't know about the word biohack, but just to change the way that we're going to age for longevity mm. management. So I feel that nutrition should be something to address in our own homes rather than just focus on supplementation. Yeah. yeah. I think you're right with the little changes because little changes. you can't do an, a big overhaul to mm, habits yeah. that you've developed over years. Mm. 
So it's discipline, I'm afraid, that big D word <laughs> we talk about. Minor disciplinary mm. changes um, that I can certainly impart into my own life in order to change the inflammation that I'm actually inducing upon myself <laughs> and finally induce the right changes to manage my own inflammaging. It sounds like inflammaging is very holistic. Like yes. there's just a lot that contributes to inflammation. Hmm. Yeah. Well, but one thing to think about also is, yes, we say holistic, but sometimes I wonder, Shania, when we think of holistic and people say that to me, you have a very holistic approach. And it, yes, I've, I think I have a very human approach because we're treating everybody as a human. So I'm going to look at you and I think you're really beautiful. And if you came to me for treatment, I'll need to do a full consultation, a full history, find out everything about you beyond mm. just your age and what you want improving. I need to know more about your lifestyle, where you came from, your ethnicity. I need to find out what you're drinking, how you're sleeping, mm. what are your behavioral habits like. If you drink, what are you drinking? What is your wine? What is the color of your wine? What is the quantity? And I need to ask you about your lifestyle. Wow. Where do you work? Are you happy? Are you high performance? Are you stressed? Bad stress? Good stress? All those things are relevant. If you're coming to me for facial optimization skin, I need to know your skincare. I need to know from start to finish, what are you using? How are you using it? What kind of other therapies that you're having in other clinics if you do? Because timing and positioning is really important because it's not fair for me to just jump on and just keep over-processing your skin because then as a practitioner, as a clinic, we're causing you more inflammation. So I think there is a lot to be said with having great consultations when we go to plastic surgeons or dermatologists and aesthetic clinics or even aesthetician-run clinics. There's nothing beats a great consultation and really understanding who you're dealing with because the last thing we want to do as clinicians and practitioners is cause you inflammation. So there is a category of my patients who are actually inflammaging because they're they're having the wrong treatments elsewhere. Mm. And they're having treatments like microneedling and radiofrequency when they've already got a compromised barrier skin right. because they're just simply buying these treatments without having any form of consultation. Yeah. So when I then assess them further on down the line because they've come to me saying this brand didn't work or that treatment didn't work yeah. and it's really terrible, I say, actually there's nothing wrong with the treatment. Mm. It's just not being applied to you in the right way. And actually, you're not the right candidate for, for the that, treatment. Yeah. So whoever has done that treatment on you hasn't consulted you well or mm. at all. So that's when we can actually cause inflammaging. Yeah. Wow. Mm. I feel like we could go on and on. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's getting an hour in. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. The is soon, so we're going to get ready now. <laughs> yes. Well, should we yeah. – is there anything else that you want to leave our listeners with? Oh, gosh. Just, just look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. I think do about too much. <laughs> Before you came, I was literally looking at myself and I was like, and posing. what are you doing? <laughs> posing for an invisible camera that yeah. wasn't posing. there. Look in the mirror and think about what we're currently doing. List out all the good stuff. I think we're very quick to be very critical on all the negative things that we're doing and all the wrong things and all the things that we can change. I think we need to just highlight all the good points first and see what we can do to upregulate all of the good points. And there's some fantastic technologies about them. I'm excited to have M-Face in the clinic because it's upregulating everything. Yeah. My cheekbones, my forehead, my jawline. And I've had the treatment. My mother-in-law, my my whole family is having the treatment. Yeah. And they're great. And I think these kind of technologies, these regenerative therapies, are here to protect the inflammation and the aging. They're here to heal and repair and restore and regenerate, which is fascinating. And they're clinically proven. So why not integrate them into our lifestyles? Mm -hmm. And then when I think about the new therapeutics that we're bringing in from BTL, 
I can't say any more just yeah. yet. Oh, I was like, are we allowed to say it? Or I, was, no? I, want, I really yet. want to talk about <laughs> it after, the, after we stop. Right. <laughs> so once we launch it, you'll see. So please keep following yes. me. But I'm excited about that therapeutic mm. because I learned about it a long time ago. And now I'm going to introduce it back into my clinic. And that's going to protect and repair and heal the skin even more for the future. So I think inflammation and aging, yes, it's all around us all the time. But I think with the new BTL therapeutics, I think we're going to see some fantastic evolution with uh, the way in which we age. Yeah. Well, before we let you go, can we ask you some of our favorite questions? Sure. What is your favorite device? Oh, gosh. BTL device. (laughs) (laughs) Well, right now, I've got to say it's Emphase. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's the latest thing that I've brought into my clinic. But I remember in 2018 when I introduced the original M-Sculpt and I felt it. I was wearing pink suit, silky top, and I was feeling the M-Sculpt on my abs. And I remember thinking to myself, and I said to the gentleman Mm. at the time, I said, when you create the one for the face, please let me know because yeah. I want to have that. And that was 2018. Wow. And now we're here. Yeah. yeah. Now it's here. So if you think about it, that was a little wish that I made. And uh, so my favorite right now is Emphase. Amazing. Mm. Question number two. Do you have a, a favorite skincare product that you use? Oh, gosh. Skincare. <laughs> I'm so excited to hear this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I love SPF. And I grew up never wearing SPF Mm. because I didn't understand why I needed it. So I'm a big believer in SPF. And I think right now, beyond just being an SPF, there is so much technology Mm. and science underpinning sun protections and UV protections. So we have one by a brand called Eyes Clinical from the United States, California, that has a technology called Extremozyme technology Mm -hmm. within that. And what I love about that science is it's working on DNA damage. So it's repairing the damaged DNA by changing the amount of thymine dimers we have in the skin. Mm. So if I was to go out and burn myself, the amount of thymine dimer formation goes up, and this is a product that's actually been clinically proven to downregulate the amount of thymine dimer formation. So beyond just beyond just protecting the skin, it's also healing my DNA damage. And then I love the, the whole thought of exosomes. We've just launched a brand new plant-derived mm. exosome. Is that the Benev one? No, no, no. Oh. This is something called XOE. It's brand new to the world. Yeah. And uh, we're the first clinic. I'm the first clinician outside of the United States to have brought this in four and a half, five weeks ago now. And it's plant-derived. So we don't need to worry about the exchange of RNA. We don't need to worry about it being moving throughout uh, our genes, etc. So I'm very excited to bring that into the practice and we're getting some tremendous results. So I think the regenerative side of um, a stem cell technology from plants is is incredibly fascinating and exciting. And Mm. that's my top, top two at the moment. (laughs) And what's your one piece of skin advice that you would give to our listeners? Drink more water. I know how I look when I've actually drunk more water, and when I've slept really well. So I think that seven to eight hours a day makes a huge amount of difference. And uh, lymphatic drainage. So I I wholeheartedly believe in lymphatic drainage. I actually carry that out on all of my facial filler patients before I treat them. I love that. That's such a good idea. Yeah. So from 2015, every single patient whom I treat with injectable fillers before I treat them has lymphatic drainage. Love that. Yes. Well, we could keep talking to you forever, (laughs) but I feel like we we all need to go and get ready for tonight. But thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Thank you. I'm so grateful. It's been wonderful to meet you all. I've loved my time in Australia getting to know you, and I cannot wait to have you in the UK with me. Yes. Oh, my God. Let's do it. Yes. Yeah. You must come. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye.
Guys, her voice was so calming. I know. I was uh, thinking that the whole time. The whole time I'm like, oh my God, you could read me a lullaby and I'd fall asleep. Yeah. It's like you're so soothing and so calming. She's actually very similar to you in the way that you guys speak. Oh, and also very, very similar brain to you. Brain. <laughs> so she's like me and Shania she, yeah. combined. If Shania and Ian had a kid, it would be Dr. <laughs> Sharina. <laughs> <laughs> she was very nice to listen to. I feel like I could just listen to her talk all day and just pick her brain about like everything. She's so knowledgeable. So knowledgeable. And she yeah. just like comes out of it. Like, yeah. like mm. just comes out of her mouth. Yeah. I like her treatment philosophy it was very, I think, Similar very aligned with, with what we do. Yeah. yeah. And she's so nice. So let's wrap it up. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Make sure to follow us on our socials. All the information will be in the description. And don't forget to leave us a review and we will see you in our next podcast. Bye. Bye.